Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Monday edition of the Right Wing Vegan. I am Scott. Lots to talk about today. A lot to talk about today, and we will cover it. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Welcome back. Welcome to Monday. Monday fun day, am I right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But there are some big things happening in the United States of America today on this Monday. Fallout from the Meghan Markle. Prince Harry. I don't even know what you would call him now. He's not a prince anymore, I don't think. Harry Markle. Uh, Meghan Markle and Harry Markle uh, did an interview yesterday with Oprah, and it's all a buzz. Twitter is on fire talking about this. There were some controversial things said. We'll spend maybe uh, three minutes dissecting that interview because that's about the time that it deserves, maybe even less than that. I'm actually sorry that I'm spending three minutes talking about it, but I do feel like it's current events, so you got to talk about it. It also does play into our bigger conversation on critical race theory, so we'll discuss just a little bit, just a, t- a, t- a touch a touch of the Markles uh, to kick off the podcast. But after that, we're going to talk about, obviously, the biggest news. Derek Chauvin, the George Floyd trial begins today. They are selecting the jury. That's going to be hard in and of itself, but we'll dissect that a little bit. And then we'll briefly con- continue our conversation on critical race theory. I promise we will keep going with that. There's much to talk about there. But first, we got to talk about Meghan Markle and Harry. I call him Harry Markle because Meghan obviously wears the pants in that relationship. This dude is whipped beyond recognition. I think Megan's a succubus. I, I certainly could be convinced pretty easily that she's a, she's a succubus and she has sucked the soul out of young Harry, um, our redheaded wonder. But I want to I talk about this interview because there were some really interesting claims made. It appeared like, and I did not watch the interview, full disclosure, okay? I would not put myself through that for an hour. If I can't find a better thing to do for an hour on a Sunday than sit down and watch a B-list actress, C-list actress, in all honesty... And uh, a former Prince of England give an interview with a billionaire. I, um, I, 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 I don't know, you know, um, there's got to be better things to do than that. And there were for me, but I did get watch clips and I did see some of the fallout as the interview was going on because my watch was blowing up. People magazine really wanted me to know about this interview. Uh, I don't know why people magazine is sending me push notifications. That's probably the real crime here. But let's talk about this. So a lot was blamed on race here, man. I mean, Meghan Markle was playing the race card pretty hard. She said that she was treated like crap a lot because she was black, I guess, sort of black, quarter black, right? I think 25% black, maybe even a little less. Uh, the woman is lighter than my, um, the, the woman is lighter than a lot of people I know. She's lighter than a lot of white people that I know. Um, I tend to be pretty olive complected. I'd say Meghan Markle might be the same color as me. Anyways, I, I, she's black though, uh, quarter black. And so that was huge for the Royals. They hated her because of it. They were treated differently because of it. Kate Middleton made her cry over some comment that was made, um, while they were dress shopping. Obviously she's trying to push Kate off as the heel, but we know that is impossible. Kate is a saint. She's, she's, Wonderful. Uh, you are not going to find any negative comments for Kate Middleton on this side. That's for sure. I love Kate, uh, William as well. That they're just that they are everything that the Royals are supposed to be. 
Megan is obviously a heel. I think she, she played the race card to gain sympathy. It was pretty obvious. She said that comments were made about her kid's uh, darkness and the fear that her kid would be too dark, which is kind of interesting considering how light-skinned Megan is. And Harry is a freaking ghost with red hair. So it's a little interesting to me that that, that comment would have been made. I, I'm, I'm betting a lot of this is made up. That's what I'm getting to. I think a lot of this was made up. Uh, so that Megan could could appear to be the victim. Megan and Harry uh, subscribe to that whole victimhood culture. They're big into Black Lives Matter. They're big into the idea that you are a victim if you are a certain color. You are less than if you are a certain color. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry believe that very much so. so uh, they push that ideology quite a bit. They're very left, and I wouldn't be surprised if Meghan as the left does, wants to dial up the idea that she is some victim who was oppressed by the royals. Now, circle back to all of this, and, and you could start with you know the idea of personal responsibility, which is something the left just doesn't seem to believe in or understand. But you knew this family when you got into it, okay? You knew what you were getting into before you decided to marry Ginger Harry. So you knew exactly what you were getting yourself into. You got yourself into that situation, and now later you want to complain about it. You want to whine, and you want to treat yourself like you're a victim, even though no one should sympathize with you because you put yourself in that position. Now, some would believe that, oh, she loves Harry. This was all out of love. No, if she loved Harry, she would want to do everything that she could to mend the fence with his family because that's obviously what's best for him. She does not love Harry. She is tearing him and his family apart, and she's a succubus. So she's also a D-list actress, C-list actress that no one should care about. She was in Suits. Suits was a show on the USA Network, home of many trash television shows. Why are we so concerned with the C-list actors? Why is People Magazine sending me push notifications about a C-list actress? Well, I don't even think played a big part in Suits. I never watched Suits, clearly, because I have taste. But I, I, and I apologize if you like Suits, whatever, dude. I don't even think she played a big role in that show. Yet, there she is. So that was the that was the interview yesterday. That's all you need to know. It was a lot of wine, 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 me, me, me. I'm the victim. Yada yada yada. As I sit down with this billionaire uh, to talk about my problems. So there is that. There is that. Let's talk about the other big news which is the Derek Chauvin trial. I think Derek Chauvin's his name, right? Oh my gosh. Yes, I think that's true. We'll call it the Chauvin trial. How about that? Let's make sure I get it right. The Chauvin trial starts today. And it's important to note that Minneapolis is already threatening to descend into chaos. So they're doing jury selection today. I am... Very interested in, in the jury selection process with this because I don't know how you find an impartial jury. That's the first hurdle you have to get over. Everyone seems to have taken a side on this issue. So finding a group of individuals who are blank slates when it comes to this, that appears to be impossible to me. So I don't know where they're going to find this jury. But they're going to have to try and find this jury. It's going to be interesting. Um, so that's the first 
the first step, okay? And, and what does this jury look like? Who is this jury? We as the general public will want to know as much information about this jury as possible to protect their identities because they're going to be threatened. Let's be clear. We know who we're dealing with. They're going to be threatened. They're ramping up security in Minneapolis. Um, they're putting up barricades as they should. You know, a lot of these National Guard that are in Washington right now doing nothing um, because QAnon was a psyop and is not real. They should probably be sent to Minneapolis, right? I mean, we need as much National Guard as we can get down there because I just have this feeling, and I think all the evidence would certainly point to, um, that they are, you know, Minneapolis is going to descend into absolute chaos. If you think the riots were bad before, just imagine what's going to happen if Chauvin gets off. What do you think is going to happen? Now, it's also important to note that Minneapolis voted to defund their police. So they took a lot of money away from their police force, which means they had to dump a lot of their police force. And then they realized it was a bad idea as the murder rates started to go up, crimes started to go up, and they're trying to take steps now to reverse that defunding. They are refunding the police, but they have to, they, they don't have the officers. They don't have the officers. They're trying to put money into recruiting to get more officers, and right now they just don't have them. So what is going to happen if Chauvin gets off? You're going to get the riots that we got last year, the riots that we got last summer, the the peaceful protests. You're going to get that, but you're going to get that on an amplified scale. It's going to be that times 11. It's going to be nuts. So. So. Here we are. And I think that. We'll have to see how this all plays out. But when you examine the charges and you examine the evidence, taking the limited legal knowledge that I have and applying it to what is going to be presented in court, there is certainly reasonable doubt that Chauvin did, it was not responsible for George Floyd's death. I mean, let's take a look at, at, at the video that we've seen that would indicate that George Floyd was asking to be restrained. The fact that when you examine the Minneapolis police training material, the direct hold that Chauvin was putting on George Floyd is part of that training material. I mean, at first when we saw that, we thought there's no way that you're trained to restrain a subject that way. There's no way that you are taught to, to restrain someone in that manner. And sure enough, when you examine the training material for the Minneapolis police, they are in fact trained to, um, to restrain individuals that, in that manner. That in and of itself is just like, wow. I mean, that's bad training, first of all. But second of all, you know, you can't really... The amount of time that Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd's neck, I'm sure the training material doesn't say that. So you, you can kind of throw that out, but it's still there. It's still something that he can say. His attorneys can say, look, he acted as part of his training. Now, negligence is not does not get you off of a crime. So you can't say that like putting your knee on someone's neck could be harmful to them. You're, you're doing that. And no one's defending Chauvin's actions. Like I still think putting your knee on someone's neck is extreme in, in any situation. But there was the autopsy done on George Floyd that basically throws reasonable doubt right into the mix and just right in there saying that he had all these drugs in his system, fentanyl, meth, and that could actually have been what caused his death. I don't think it was definitive, but it certainly creates reasonable doubt. And you have to examine this from the American justice system, not just a, uh, is he guilty, is he not? 
the idea is beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the standard that the jury has to use when examining the case, when examining evidence. They have to go into it with the question in the back of their mind, with the statement, I guess I should say, beyond a reasonable doubt. Does this evidence prove that Chauvin murdered George Floyd beyond a reasonable doubt? And I think the answer is no. I think charging him with second degree murder was a great publicity stunt for the DA, but the DA should have known he would never be convicted on that charge. There is not enough evidence to say that this is second degree murder. Manslaughter, maybe. Okay, there are some other charges that you could certainly argue. But murder too? I don't think so. I don't think so. What was the intent? Chauvin's intent was never to murder George Floyd. I mean, they might try and build that case because if you remember, the media was pushing the idea that these two had some past or some history or something along those lines. And I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, I don't think that is, I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. What, who am I to know that, right? I, there, there's no way for me to know that, but it is hard to believe that Chauvin has a, a past with um, Chauvin has a past with George Floyd and Chauvin just so happens to be the police officer who I'm sure Minneapolis has thousands of police officers. Chauvin has to, you know, just so happened to be the police officer who was dispatched in that area at that time. He just so happened to find George Floyd who just so happened to be inebriated it's just a lot of just so happened um, uh, playing out there. So I don't I don't know, you know, um, but just just from a surface level of examining the evidence that has been presented by the defense, um, evidence that we know the defense is going to use, I just don't see how Chauvin gets convicted. I mean, unless this is purely political which should create a debate in and of itself. We should not be convicting people based on politics. Um, so unless it is purely political, I don't see how uh, Chauvin's convicted. And, and what's going to happen if he's not? Well, you're going to have riots. You're going to have chaos. You're going to have dissension into madness for Minneapolis. If I owned a business in Minneapolis right now, if I lived in Minneapolis right now, and I was not um, bound there. Uh, if I had the ability to get up and leave or to take a little bit of time out, I probably would. Right now is the time for sure. And I'm, I imagine a lot of people have. So they're, they're taking security measures, but I don't think it's going to be enough, man. I think these riots are going to be out of control. It's going to be wild. So we'll definitely be paying attention to the trial. I think you should pay attention to the trial. Watch as much of it as you can. You should get a good grasp on how political this is going to be. Um, and watch the fallout because that'll tell you everything you need to know. Who supports it? Who doesn't? Who backs it? Who's financially responsible for funding it? All of this stuff matters. And all of this is stuff that we should have our eyes on. And, and the news isn't going to report it to us in a fair manner. So we're going to need to do, do it ourselves. So that's your, that's your homework here is to make sure that you stay abreast on what's really going on in this trial and what this really impacts. Touching on critical race theory now, I wanted to examine a couple of really high profile um, incidents 
of what I call critical race theory. Now, we talked a little bit about what critical race theory was in our last episode. Uh, well, the episode before our last episode, we did Scripture Wednesday. But before Scripture Wednesday, we did discuss a little bit about critical race theory and how it's infecting companies and corporations. And I want to continue that a little bit by examining Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting scenario here, and it is a perfect picture of what you should expect if you work for a corporation. That's if you're not getting this already. Uh, Coca-Cola put their employees through a training, and in that training, it was um, there were slides released to the public, obviously, because I'm sure some employee at the Coca-Cola Corporation was fed up, was disgusted by this, didn't think that this training was pertinent to I don't know selling manufacturing soda products to sell. Um, so they released the slides. And when you look at some of these slides and these worksheets that these employees were, were forced to fill out, it basically, um, encouraged you, and this is the running joke now it's become a joke, but they've encouraged you to find ways that you can be less white. That was the, that was the, the slogan that came out of it, right? Be less white. Now people associate be less white with Coca-Cola. Um, and, and you can unpack that however you want be less white. What the hell does that mean? I can't be less white. I'm as white as I am. I don't even think I'm actually that white. I'm more olive, well, slightly olive complected than I am white. But I guess there are certain actions that are attributed to whiteness. Now, what are these actions? Well, let's go back a long time ago. Not that long ago, several months ago when this slide was released from a museum. I can't exact, I can't remember the museum, what the museum is. But there was a slide released that indicated that um, whiteness, some of the qualities of whiteness are success, timeliness, um, cleanliness. These are all things that are associated with whiteness. So when Coca-Cola is asking you to be less white, they're basically asking you to be a, a real bad employee. They don't want you to be as good of an employee as you are. They don't want you to be timely. They don't want you to be successful. You need to be focused on killing these things. You, you, the, the patriarchy, the family, the nuclear family, that's white. That's whiteness. You should crush that. Um, all of that should be thrown in the trash because we, we as a society, we need to be less white. And what we attribute to whiteness is these, these good qualities, I guess. I don't know. And this is where critical race theory gets me. It sounds so much like white supremacy. It sounds so much like the same thing that you would hear if you go to a Klan rally, right? White people are superior. White, you know, the, the characteristics that you would associate with whiteness are success, education, timeliness, good values. Whoa, what? And this is what they're teaching you in critical race theory. Which is why a lot of people could examine critical race theory and think this is just a dog whistle for white supremacy. This is just a very well-hidden attempt at bringing back segregation. And you potentially could be right. I mean, when you look at some of the outcomes of critical race theory teachings, when you look at some of the outcomes of these universities who have been doing this stuff for years now, you see that segregated areas are being suggested. You see that dividing people by their race is being encouraged. Critical race theory teaches you to look at someone who is different and see their differences. Well, how in the world does that build unity? It doesn't. We should look at each other as equals, but, but that's not what critical race theory teaches. 
Now, it does stun me that no one looks at this and asks what? The people who believe this, buy into this, really feel this, embrace these trainings at their companies, why do they not stop and go, wait a second, this doesn't sound right? Because they use manipulation tools to manipulate you into believing that it is right. And that is what we're going to examine in our next talk, in our next podcast. We're going to ask the question, why is it that so many people buy into critical race theory? And that's going to take us down an even deeper well, I think. But we're going to touch on that in our next episode. With the Derek Chauvin stuff happening today and the Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview being such a big talking point for some reason, I felt like I had to touch on those things, but we're going to continue down our rabbit hole. And our next step is examining why do people buy this? What is critical race theory selling that people buy? I want to thank you guys for listening today. I really do appreciate it. I hope your Monday is spectacular, but that is all we got for you today. Please follow me on Twitter at VeganWing. Like, share, subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. Or if you hate it, you can hate listen. That's fine. Give me a five-star review wherever you do find this podcast so that we can keep going. And thank you guys very much. Have a great day, and I will talk to you guys again tomorrow.